Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. What does it take to balance love and money? Well, my magic recipe is communication, honesty, like real honesty, some dashes of fun, and a heck of a lot of empathy for someone else's feelings. While it's never easy to talk about money in a relationship, there are some ways to make it feel easier. Janae and Theo from the podcast Planet Millennial Marriage are here for an open, honest, and serious laugh out loud conversation of how to balance it all and thrive along the way. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. So I have to tell you, I was a guest this week on Janae and Theo's podcast, Planet Millennial Marriage, and I had so much fun. It was probably the most fun I've ever had in a podcast interview. I shared my tips and stories about how to build a budget as a couple, the good, the bad, everything in between. It was such a great episode that I thought, why not bring them both here to flip the mic and share their takeaways as a real couple trying to balance love and money. So think of this episode as a giant Ask Shauna, where we go deep into what it takes to win at love and money. Here we go. 
All right. So Janae and Theo, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for being Millennial Money podcast listeners. Yes. Huge fan. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I uh, recently joined you guys on your podcast, Planet Millennial Marriage, and we talked about how to do money as a couple. So I thought it would be fun to have you on the show and kind of like flip the mic around and, (laughs) and share your journey handling money as a couple. So I have to ask kind of straight up, you know, what are some of the biggest money lessons that you guys have learned as a couple or any that you're really ready or willing to share? (laughs) Well, first of all, (laughs) for those who are new to me, my name is Janae. I have been married to my lovely husband for a little over a year now, and I'm grateful for it. And my first money lesson is that there is always a spender and a saver. (laughs) It's your job to figure out which one you are. Even if you think you're a saver, you're probably either more or less a saver than the person, which by default makes you one or the other. So if you're less a saver than the other person, you're the spender, sis. Sorry to tell you. (laughs) It's a rude awakening, right? It's a rude awakening because I definitely was like, I'm a saver. I save. I have savings. Right. But I like to spend with a budget. <laughs> and so that kind of leads into my biggest, uh, I think the thing that I've learned most when it comes to money in a, in a marriage is temper my expectations uh, or announce my expectations so that I can temper my frustration. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we learned that um, having frustrations are usually expect or, you know, realizing that an expectation was unmet. And if you don't know my expectation, then then it's easy to to not meet it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. In general, frustrations in a marriage is usually an unmet expectation. If you're frustrated and you're trying to figure out why am I so mad right now? Think back, like, what exactly were you hoping happened? Did you communicate that? Right. There it is right there, that unmet expectation. And so we we kind of pinpoint, you know, where where those frustrations are coming from. Okay, let's let's take it back to figure out where the what what was the expectation that wasn't met. Yeah. Let's figure that out so we can move past it. Right. And that that I mean, it means a lot when it comes to money. Exactly. I mean, it covers all the a multitude of sins, but <laughs> a multitude of sins. Right. But in general, especially when it comes to money, that can be a big argument and it's ha- it's helpful to communicate exactly, exactly what you want, what you're hoping for, what your goals are, what you see, your vision for the whole unit, and then how you hope each individual contributes to the the goal for the unit. Yeah. And one of the things, I'm glad you mentioned the spender versus saver. It's something we talked about uh, on your show uh, pretty in depth. And I think that it's really interesting that you say, especially you, Janae, like, oh, I thought I was a saver, but uh, you ended up being the spender in the relationship. So walk me through, uh, you know, when you realize what role you're playing in the relationship, how do you deal with the other person being maybe on an opposite end of the spectrum and working to find that middle ground? How do you work your way through that? The first thing is to start the conversation with no shame. It's the same way it would be if I had a lot of debt and Theo didn't, or Theo had a lot of student loans and I didn't. There's no shame. It's just a fact. The fact is, before when I was single, compared to my other friends, I was a super saver. I made room in my budget to spend a little here, a little there for myself. But overall, I did save a lot. But compared to Theo, I'm nowhere near a super saver. (laughs) And that's what's important. We're in this together now. So it's a fact. Compared to him, I am not a saver. And that's fine. Now that I know that I'm a spender compared to him, how do we move forward? And so it was like, no shame. That's what the facts are. And then, and it took me a minute to get over it because I kind of got hung up on like, stop saying that. I'm not a spender. I'm not bougie. I don't need to spend. I don't need (laughs) to spend. I like to spend because I got the money. (laughs) 
I have it like that. And he's like, no, we don't have it like that. <laughs> well, for me, it was it's a couple of things. One, I had to understand Janae. And I and I I believe that understanding her is a constant. I'm not gonna say battle, but it's something. It's a it's a process that happens every day throughout our 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 young marriage. And so I understand now that she does spend more than I do, but she does it out of the kindness of her heart. She's not going out just getting you know buying reckless things or just spending frivolous money. Most of the time, she's doing it like out of the kindness of her heart. She buys a lot of things for me. And I'm like, oh, this is great. How much did it cost? So <laughs> For real. For real. And I'm like, why would you ask that? You needed this. Now, okay, it's not usually like that. But the idea pops up in my head that quickly. Now, now I've learned not to always it say it that year. quickly. It took a year for him not to ask that first. <laughs> so I think the first thing for me was understanding her mindset behind her spending and and what she is thinking about when she's getting something. It's not just about, I want to spend money. It's usually to fulfill a need or what she deems as a need in that moment. So that's first and foremost. And then the the second thing that kind of helped me move past this hang up about spending and saving was I had to realize that I'm now I've always, as we talked about on our show, I've, I've always been the type to want to save money. That's just kind of my, always been my personality, but now it's like, I know that we have financial goals that we are trying to achieve. And in the beginning of our marriage, I, I felt like the the weight of us being able to achieve those goals was on my shoulders, right? Yeah. Janae would come to me and say, I would like to do this. I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, these things take money. Okay. Now it's time to make a plan of how to achieve that. She yeah. told me, my wife told me she, that's what she wants. Let's figure out how to, how to achieve that. And we had to have a conversation that was just basically the, the center point of that was, it's not all on me to figure out how we can achieve those goals. It's yeah. our goal. So we can work on that together. And I found that at times she would come to me and say, I want to buy this, or I want to buy that. And I'm like, I would get frustrated without fully either understanding or communicating Mm -hmm. that the reason I'm frustrated is because I'm looking, you know, a year later and I'm like, we need to save for this big thing that you told me that you want, but now you want to spend this money. So it's all about understanding why we, I can't, we, we are in these roles that we have and the psychology of it all and then communicating through it. And the inverse too, because when he would say, okay, do you want to save for a down payment on a house or do you want to buy this thing? Then I would be like, you're right. Never mind. I don't need that. <laughs> but like in the moment, I'm like, but we have this need right now. But then when he would remind me of this long-term goal, I didn't realize that me asking for this purchase right now was hindering the long-term goal. I didn't think that it was affecting it, but in his mind, it is. So I'm like, you just got to communicate that. Now you mad because I made this purchase and I don't know why you mad. <laughs> But also we, we're giving and taking. So I'm willing to in that moment give up. But at the same time, he has come from a background of constantly saving or, or single parent household where he's used to having lack. So in his mind, even if we have it, we're not going to spend it. And I'm like, you got to relax just a little bit. It's OK. We can go on a date night. We can go out eat a little bit. You want them shoes? Get it. Okay? It is OK. You know, relax a little bit. So. We've given and taken, given a little bit, yeah. And it's a sac. I try to look at it as a sacrifice on both ends for long term gain. There is no, um, there is no reward without sacrifice, and both of us have sacrificed in the long term for understanding each other's mindset. And I think that's so key what you're talking about because that's really like the essence of partnership, right? That. You're Theo, you're able to say, Hey, remember, we have these goals and these things you want to do. And then Janae, you're like, Okay, then you have that decision moment of like, Well, do I really want the shoes? Which, right? <laughs> come on, the answer is always yes. But, you know, <laughs> do I really want these or do I really need these or should the money go to X? And I think that's like, that's when money really works so well as, as partners or. It, it, you know, as a couple, because you're able to remind each other and be the strength for each other. So I know we talked about this a little bit on your on your show, but I'd love to go just like a little bit deeper. Tell me about you guys are dating, maybe you're engaged or getting ready to get married. Like when was that moment where you decided to have the first 
money conversation. What'd you talk about? And what was that like? The first real money conversation, I don't remember because we were friends for so long that it just like a lot of our things kind of just naturally happen. So kind of naturally we talked about this and then kind of backed off or talked about that. But I do remember some key moments. I do remember specific student loans. And um, I do specific student loans is a big one for Theo. And then credit cards. Well, specifically one credit card. (laughs) So I had one hidden credit card (laughs) that I did not want to tell anyone about. I had a perfect credit score and everything else was hit was great except for this one thing. She used she used the she had another credit card. She used that very responsibly. Yeah, everything. There was was one one that didn't report to credit agencies. That didn't report to credit agencies. (laughs) So I was like completely reckless with it. And I was like, it doesn't report to credit agencies, so whatever. It'll, you know, it, it's fine. And then the year we got married, it reported to credit agency. <laughs> and it, he was like, you spent what? <laughs> and I was like, I told you about it when we were dating. <laughs> you know, so that was like my embarrassing thing. <laughs> right. And so for me, we, as we talked, as we said on, on the, our podcast, we, I have a, a large amount of student loan debt. Um, I, I went, I was going to kind of an expensive university and then mm-hmm. I transferred to another one and changed my major all while going to school out of state. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for me, I have over a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. Yeah. And that's something that I wasn't necessarily embarrassed about because it was for my education, but I didn't feel good about it. I mean, I don't think there's a way to feel good about that much student loan debt. Yeah. You're not, and you're not flying a plane with a banner running behind it saying dollars in debt. Exactly. And like I said before, when you kind of disclose that number, there it feels a little bit like there's kind of like a stigma with it because you it's not just a number that you're saying affects you. But once you get married, it affects this other person. And it's a large number that like you didn't do anything. But just by marrying me, it's now attached to you, too. And I knew that it was going to impact her. And I, I remember having I still remember having that conversation. And after, so Janae has this thing where you, she can make a face and you really can't see what's going on behind it. She's actually very good at that. <laughs> I'm sometimes. good at going like whoosh, a poker and face. Like, make my face completely blank. <laughs> so, so the first time I asked him how many, how much student loan debt did he have? And I was willing to have it because I barely have any student loan debt. Right. I, I will say that I was more willing to have it because I have a lower number. I will say that. So I was like, come on, tell me I have this, this little number. And he was like, it's a lot. And I was like, Theo, for real, that's it. He was like, it's a lot. And that's all I wanted to say. I left it alone. I knew it was about three to four times what she had in student loan Because I, I told him the number. He was like, oh, I'm definitely not telling you the number. <laughs> and then we got engaged. And I was like, okay, so tell me. And he was like, it's a lot times what you have. And, I, and he knows I'm bad at math. So I was <laughs> like, but like, how much is that? <laughs> So even at some point during our engagement, we definitely had that conversation mm-hmm. and I told her what it was and I could see that she reacted and and I, I expected her to. Like I said, even before we got married, we kind of knew the idea of goals that we want to have. We wanted to to be homeowners pretty early. Yeah. You know, we, we want to be able to travel. We, we want that, that. We always talk about financial freedom. So we wanted that type of and life. And not just financial freedom, but generational wealth. Right. And I was always clear that in my mind, I don't know if this is realistic and I don't know if we'll achieve it. And if we don't, it's fine. But I always said that I wanted to wait until we were out of debt before having kids. And I just feel like I didn't want the idea that we would have to be choosing between going into more debt or giving our kids something. I didn't like that idea, you know? And so when he said that, I was just kind of (laughs) like... Poker face because oh my god that's like a lot and I don't even know I can't run my mind around that much money oh my god my money was realistic my <laughs> amount was realistic I had a plan for my money <laughs> I do not have a plan for that much yeah, money yeah Theo just threw a whole curveball in there for you right you threw a monkey wrench in my plan and so I was just like I'm not saying it's you know it's not possible I'm not saying we can't do it I'm not saying I won't marry you I'm just saying I, I don't have the words right now so we're just going I'm going to just blank it right now. (laughs) I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. 
We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. So what would you say to to couples who are in that situation who maybe have vastly different money situations? You know, w- would you have talked about those things earlier or what kind of advice would you give to a couple out there that is like still really afraid about talking about those things? Well, I think, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. I think I would say for the for the conversation, once you get to a point where you where you have the conversation, it's okay to take a day or so. Like, say if, if it's a if it's an issue of numbers, wh- whatever they are, you say the numbers. It's okay to take a day or so, and then come back. Say, okay, now let's make a plan. Now I've I've I have had time to digest it. I understand. Okay, now let's come back and make a plan. Um, to sure. get to that point, people say that you know you have trust in a relationship, but I don't really think you have it until it's tested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yes. Build up as much as you can. Um, now, there's obviously much smaller money conversations that you can have of way course. before that of point course. of planning and, and thinking of the future. But full disclosure takes a lot of trust and understanding from both parties. And so that needs to be a thing before you have that conversation. And then once you do, it's OK to take, a, like I said, some time in between to digest what, you know, what's happening with your finances as a as a unit. And then figure out how to move forward. So you're saying do that while you're dating? Absolutely. That I, I would not have I would not wait until after we're married to to drop something like that on you. Okay. My suggestion is think about your criteria before you are starting to have those conversations. Because I think sometimes as women, we're like, well, I want a man that has this type of credit score and this type of salary. And ladies. The paycheck's not going to keep you warm at night. Like you can marry a man who has a low credit score and help him work it right on up. I I don't think that that needs to be your criteria, even though some women do have that as a criteria. So I think you need to think through that first. If that's your criteria, no shade. Just know that. So then that needs to be your early questions. That needs to be like your third date. You're inquiring. Hey, what's your credit score? If it's not that big of a deal to you as it wasn't for me, I was looking at his integrity, his character, what he had to bring to the table. And then shortly before we got engaged, I was more so kind of like, okay, the big things. I already knew his religion. I already knew how he would raise kids. I knew he was good with kids. I knew he had a solid um, job, a good mindset, a good work ethic. And we both wanted the same things for our future. To me, that was what mattered in the long run. The credit score, the salary, even the debt. It is what it is. It's just a number. Whatever it is, we'll get past it. It's kind of how I approached it. So I did want to discuss it before we got married. And like he said, make a plan and, and have like a cohesive idea of what the unit would be doing together. And so I would recommend, highly, highly recommend. And we have an episode um, on our podcast about conversations you should have before getting married. Yes. Because the big five, money, 
politics, religion, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like ooh, it's getting dicey now. <laughs> if you don't talk about that before you get married, you will have some problems. There might be some issues. <laughs> There's gonna be problems. <laughs> well, I love what you're saying because it's really important, and I think it needs to be emphasized again because what you're saying is that the core and the character of someone cannot easily be changed. I mean, you you pretty much have your DNA and your core, you know, not to say that you might not go one way or another, but you're pretty aligned. But it's, it's like when you're looking at real estate, when you're trying to buy a house, you know, you're looking at what are the things I can't change? I can't change the view. I can't change the street this house is on, you know, but there's a lot I can change. I can change Mm -hmm. the paint and the walls and the this and the that and add yep. things and subtract things. So I think that's a really important um, point when it comes to money is know what can be changed and don't hold on to those things because yeah. those things come and go so easily. Yeah. That, and just because somebody gets their credit score up or one person has a higher credit score, it doesn't mean it couldn't fall, you know? Because like you said, those things can change so quickly. Yeah. Just because he has an 800 now, one thing could change that to a 600 so quickly. It doesn't make a difference. And I feel like money has a lot of potential. Yes. Right? You can look at where someone is now, but you can also try your hardest and use those values like she was talking about, you know, to, to kind of predict the potential of what where the where the finances can go. Yeah, right on. How early did you and your husband talk about money? Well, I know you are as a CFP. I know that was probably interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you see, we both we're both divorced, so we both come from a previous marriage. So it was pretty much, I think, on like date one, because I am a financial person. Um, you know, I automatically know I'm probably going to put more emphasis on it than the other person, and I also needed to find somebody that I could work well together with that we weren't like butting heads and we both weren't trying to do opposite things in the relationship. So my husband, Jeff, it's not that he could care less about the finances. He, you know, he wants us to do well and he's usually on board for everything, but he's really like, you know what? You handle the day-to-day stuff. I'm cool. We'll just set the goals together. And if you need me to Mm -hmm. hop in, fine. But if not, as long as you've got it and you're okay and you're not stressed out, I'm cool with that. So he always yeah. tells people, he's like, you know, you should marry a financial planner in life. It's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> makes your job a lot makes easier. A lot yeah, easier. when we were dating, I did his taxes. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, the built-in, built-in benefits. So A lot of trust there. <laughs> a lot of trust. Yeah. Shockingly so. But um, <laughs> That, that's when you know when somebody get, hands you your, their social security number and mm-hmm. everything they made last year. That, that's when you know exactly. It's like wow, we're really going. Places. We're going. We're going. We're doing this. We are doing exactly. This. Well, we couldn't have a relationship show without sharing your story. So I, I'm I'm a sucker for a good love story. So tell me a little bit about how did you guys meet? Like, what is your uh, what's your hallmark love story? It truly was a hallmark story. You want to start with the first time or the second time? <laughs> the gist of it is I have known Theo. He has been two people away from me since before either one of us was born. It's kind of a crazy truly. story, actually. No matter where I look in life, he is two people away from me my entire life. So we so officially so. met We officially met at uh, the school that we both went to. Yes. Um, before I... Tr- well, actually, right after I transferred away, yes. she was she's two years behind me. So I was a junior and I transferred to a different school still in the, in the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then she was a freshman that that my junior year at the first school. Mm-hmm. And she contacted me on Facebook like people did in 2010. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hi. I was trying. I was that freshman that wanted to know everybody on campus before I got there. So I was like in the know. And my friend who was in our church was like, yeah. That guy, Theo, he goes there, connect with him. And I, so I contacted him. He's like, oh, I just transferred away. And what we quick- I'm so sorry. 
but we but we still kept exchange numbers and right. then we found out that you know we we went to the same church and his mom knew my mom and and the school that she graduated from was was affiliated with the church i also went there from kindergarten all the way up until ninth grade yes. so we knew a lot of the same people and we had just kept missing each other my dad is in the army so i went to that school first and second grade fourth and fifth grade 7th and 8th grade 11th and 12th grade <laughs> Every year that I was gone, Theo was there. Right. But I was gone. <laughs> I left that school for two years, fourth and fifth grade. And that's when she was there for like second and third or something like that. Yeah. Except for first and second grade. He was in he was in third. And, and we're like one page away from each other it, in the we yearbook. Said, we both have yearbooks from that school. Yeah. So <laughs> elementary our book, school. in our bookcase, the two, there's duplicate yearbooks because we're in the same grade. And of in course, the, we went to the same church. Same so school. we would have, um, they would have youth institutes over summer. And one yes. year when I was 15, I believe. I broke my leg at the youth institute. We would go away for a week. And it was a big youth institute. I'm Huge, talking like, like 400 people. Like a lot of kids. <laughs> and so, and it was a lot of churches from all over the United States. So it was common for you not to know everyone that was there. Right. And so me and this other girl who lived in Charlotte at the time, I was visiting Theo. This was and, a little bit later, like during college time. Yes, college time. And so we happened to be in the area and I was, she and I were talking. I was like, girl, do you remember that time we went to the youth institute? She was like, yeah, you remember that boy who broke his leg? And I was like, I know. We never found and out who sitting, that was. They're sitting in my living room having this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Neil was like, that was me. And I was like, what? He was like, the boy who broke his leg, that was me. And then he pulls up his pants and shows him the scar. And I was like, you were the boy who broke his leg? Oh, my God. He was the boy. We never they know who me, the boy They came was. in. And everybody from that youth institute remembers me as the boy the who boy broke his broke leg. Because he because got they, taken they away. They stopped everything, brought in a stretcher, <laughs> took me out to go to the hospital. And so he left. He never came back. He was gone in the hospital. So we never knew who he was. We never knew his name. He was gone for the whole institute. <laughs> and we all went about our... We were there for a week. We mm-hmm. went to the um, amusement park. So things like that. We, we met in school. We kept passing each other. Um, so we, we, we were friends <clears throat> for a very long time. Once decade. we actually met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And just kind of off and on. Kind of a bit romantic, but, but not that... There was not instant chemistry, but both a of instant. us work with someone else he had high school romance i had like my first boyfriend in college right and when he first met me he said he thought i was a baby because i had braces she looked very young she's only two years behind me (laughs) i got a baby face he's like you are a little girl i'm not he was a 17 year old freshman freshman. yeah he was like you are a child (laughs) (laughs) so a couple of years ago so she goes to the peace corps yeah, and we I, were friends through that. And I served in Nicaragua for two years in the Peace Corps. Wow. And when I came back, he hit me up to say happy birthday. And that's when we really reconnected. Right. And so, I took her out for a birthday mm-hmm. because her grandparents are pastors. And they, they ended up having their retirement, retirement party, party on, on her birthday. On 25th birthday party. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's just, we're, we're not going to let this happen. I was like, really? So at this point, I was in Charlotte. She was in Raleigh. So I said, you know what? Okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to drive up. Mm-hmm. We were still, like I said, we were still friends still at this friends. point. Um, I said, I'm going to drive up and take you out for your birthday. And at that point, I had just called off an engagement with another guy. Yes. Ooh, okay. He, he knew about the, that I, I was did. with someone else, but he he was still just a friend. There was we nothing were, malicious. Yeah. He was 100% just like, I don't want you to spend a major and he was also birthday by yourself. He was also in another state, so yes. he, he he wasn't coming. Yeah, so, <laughs> right, he wasn't coming. <laughs> so we, we did that, and it, it was that was the first time we had hung out in a, in a couple of years. Yes. And the moment we saw each other, again, instant chemistry. It, it was, was like nothing had like changed. fireworks. And so we hung out. It was an amazing birthday. And then literally two weeks later, I get a job offer to move from Raleigh to Winston-Salem, which is now moves me an hour closer to Theo, who lives in Charlotte. Right. And Theo hates long distance relationships, by I the do. way. So he just he went from thinking, oh, I'll never be able to be with her. And me thinking, we keep missing each other. Two ships passing in the night. We'll never be together to like, this could be a thing. So that was January of that mm-hmm. year. And I will say, I came up to visit her when she moved into her apartment. That's my this, first apartment. <laughs> and it was a, a couple of months after her and she had, they had broken off their engagement. Yeah. So I said, I, I was like, look, I had, I had got the, the 411 tip that she was, her friends wanted her to kind of date and explore and, yes. and do the single my life My girlfriends thing. was like, you always with a man. Don't, don't be, don't get another boyfriend. Just date around, experience the scene, you know, hang out with us and all this. And I was just like, dating? Mm. She was going to be into it eventually. <laughs> so I said, I said you know, I, in the past I had made, I hadn't been as, as 
forthright as I should have been he when it comes so to her. Shy. I was a very shy person. So I, I took it upon myself to say, we like I said, we've been really good friends for this long. I said, I'm very attracted to you. I can foresee us being a, being married one day. That's how wow. I approached it before we were in a relationship. It was so romantic. I said, "This is what I what I can foresee for us. If it if it happens, you know, cool. But this is what I see for us for for our future." And I said, "I understand that you need some time because you're obviously getting over a very serious relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I 100% understand that. You you know, I'm <laughs> we're friends. We, you, I'm your I can be your best friend." And I said, "But this is what I want out of this relationship. Whenever you're ready, let me know and I'll be ready." He was filling a plate for me, y'all. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, wow. First of all, I was shocked because, like I said, Theo had been shy in college. I was the one that was like, I really like you. Don't you like me? <laughs> <laughs> and so when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, is this real? Like, this is everything I dreamed of. So it took me a couple months to really make sure I was okay and over that thing. And then we started dating. And it, literally all of our friends were like, finally. Yeah. Finally, this is taking a long time. <laughs> to the point where we started dating, I want to say that February. That February was official. And that's that's that year, that September, September of that we year, I proposed to her. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that's fast. Theo, you are a, um, a modern day Casanova. He's a man of his word. <laughs> I mean, when you know, you know. I, I already knew everything about her at that point. Mostly. That point, I mean, it had, <laughs> at that point, it really had been 10 years of being friends. Our family knew each other. And then as we started dating, we found more and more things about each other. For mm-hmm. example, my mom, my grandma, who is a lic- licensed minister, gave his mom prayer and counseling when she was pregnant with Theo. Oh, wow. Random. Right. <laughs> or when I was in college, um, in high school, I went to live with a family friend while my grandparents <laughs> went to live, went to relocate in North Carolina. The year before, Theo and his family lived in that same house with that with family her, friend. Because that family friend and my mom were like best friends See? at the time. <laughs> so stuff like that, where we... we we were randomly we talking overlap about the, a lot. Overlap a lot. <laughs> we were talking about the guest list, and, and I mentioned this lady, and That's she has right. a very unique name. And he was like, "Wait, what name?" And I said again, he was like, "There's only one person I know named that." Yes. And he lists her kids, and I was like, "That's exactly what I'm talking about." He said, "How do you know her?" I'm like, "How do you know her?" <laughs> and then we realized, literally within a year of each other, we both lived in. We in both her lived house. in that same house. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. I just want to like come and hang out <laughs> and have dinner. And uh, yes, come on over. You know the house is right. For hours. Well, Theo, not to put you on the spot, but when we were on your show, I gave you a little assignment, Mm -hmm. a little money assignment. And I don't want you to share all the details because I want the listeners to head over and hear the backstory on your show. But I asked you to become a detective with your money and figure out all your expenses for the last month or whatever time period you chose. And then see if you could spot any areas where maybe you overspent or underspent. Had any, had any like aha moments? So I'm anxious. What came of this? So I've done two months already. And I have two more printed out that I'm, I'm yet to do. Yeah, right? we did four months. But I w- I'll say a few things. It, I realized that we grossly under budget for, for groceries. Grossly. Grossly <laughs> under budget. And I'm a, I'll take responsibility for that. When we when we make our budget, I'm like I look for ways where we can kind of mm-hmm. where we can kind of you know go down a little bit and save more. That 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 is that has not worked for us yet because what we'll do is, like for example, we'll have a two hundred dollar budget for two weeks for groceries. I'm like it's just two of us. That should work. That does not work at all. And <laughs> what we'll do to supplement that is. We'll go to, we'll run to like food line or to the grocery store a couple of times during the week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're just getting small things. We'll spend, you know, $20 here, here, $30 here. $30 here. here. And then I quickly here. realized that those things add up tremendously. Versus when I say, let's make $350 the grocery. When, when we first got married, it was originally $350. And he was like, you wild. And I remember <laughs> him being like, no. And I was like, okay. And we lowered it and then it lowered again. And then we got, and that was when we were at 200. And now, and I was like, okay. So what we've done to combat that, and we actually just did this. And I think mm-hmm. we're, we're going to continue to do this and do a really good job of it is meal planning. Yes. It is a bit intensive, yeah. but for yes. us, it really helps to have a, an actual idea of the meals that we're going to eat for the next two weeks, mm-hmm. make a list, a full grocery list, and then go shop off of that list. I do remember we originally were doing that when we lived in the apartment together. 
But we had to, because the apartment was so small, the refrigerator was so small, we had to plan by week because we couldn't cook for like more than two weeks because the, there was no space. So it was like every week we have to shop and every week we have to cook. That's the space that we were allotted. So so aside from that, I will say, other than that, we're pretty much right on point with majority of the things mm-hmm. we, we talked about. We definitely budget for the fixed things, the things that don't mm-hmm. change, you know, whether it be... Um, phone bills and cable bills, wh- whatever the case is, the stuff that doesn't change. Gas, and then, electricity, of course. phone, those sort of things, water. And then the variable things are the things that I'm looking closer at now to see. Um, and like I said, we, I still have two more months to go. Where And that's the the big ones, November, December, which yeah, is my holiday. birthday my birthday month, her birthday month, and then the holidays. We didn't even tell you. We forgot to tell you the magic of our relationship. <laughs> We have a number, a special number. Yes. Our number is 10. Okay. So my birthday is December 10th. Theo's birthday is November November 10th. 10th. We got married October 10th. And he proposed September 10th. (laughs) (laughs) We officially started dating February 10th. And no, before you ask, we're not going to try to have our kids on the 10th or anything. Yeah, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. I think you might need to go to Vegas and put some money on 10. ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to try one ten because that's all that's missing. We got nine ten through twelve ten and then two ten. I want to try something for one ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, Theo, like, what would you say to listeners who are maybe afraid to do a process like that or don't think that it's worthwhile? Like, did it help you? Uh, reaffirm some numbers and also um, maybe regroup a little bit about how you could actually do things a little bit better so you could achieve more money goals? Like what are some of some of those takeaways? It definitely helped. And what I'll say for anyone who who is might be nervous or scared to do something like that, I understand that is a that's a level of exposure even to yourself. Yeah. You know, going back through your bank account and, and looking at each individual charge and writing it out and trying to figure out where you went over budget or under budget that is that's exposure to yourself right that's so i understand why you be nervous a lot of work and it kind of it is it's intensive yeah but i will say that the payoff is well worth the effort because um just that just that so far just those couple of little things those couple of things that i found of ways that we are overspending and, and then being able to come up with an idea create a create an idea of how we can you know fix that makes me feel accomplished. Maybe feel like, okay, I, I, you know, something good came out of this work that I did. It was yeah. work. It's not, it's but not But it was an immediate easy. gratification because immediately we did that in between pay periods. So immediately this pay period, we were able to be like, all right, so change. We were able this to implement some of the things that I found. Yeah. And now I'm excited to do those other two months yeah. and figure out, okay, where, where else is our money going? Because like you said, I agree you know, you mentioned this in our, in our podcast where you can find some extra money. Yeah. There is money somewhere in your budget. You just have to find it. And I agree. And I think, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out ways, for example, you know, I get frustrated at times when it feels like our, our savings isn't climbing the way I want it to. And I know that we set aside money to save each we pay period aside. or each each month. But sometimes we have to transfer money back into our into our checking mm-hmm. because we're getting close. And so my whole goal in doing this is to figure out diagnose what the issue is that's causing us to have to, to to get close and have to transfer money back so that when we set aside money for savings, it can stay there. Yes. That's my whole goal in this. So, yes. and, and I think I'm well, we're well on our way. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. worth it to open yourself up and, and be, you know, even if, like I said, even if you're going through your own, you have to be willing to expose yourself to yourself and understand your money habits to be able to move forward. And don't feel like you have to do it all at once. Like I printed off four months because I know that each month is unique, but also November and December is like those high activity months where you're doing a lot for holiday shopping and you're going into usually people's birthdays or Christmas and it's just a lot. So I wanted us to get like two kind of normal months, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Of like, (laughs) this is kind of the norm. And then November, December is when it's popping for us. Of like (laughs) October is our anniversary, two birthdays, Christmas, we're doing gifts for people and usually a lot of travel so i I wanted it to be like two crazy months and then two normal you know day-to-day regular what we're doing personally so even if it like you said you just did those two but 
You don't have to do it all at once. Even if For you sure. just take it one month at a time and compare. I'm excited because now I'm kind of like, this is our first, we just completed a year in our house. So now I was telling Theo, like, you know, we actually have the information to plug in accurately our budget for the year. If we really yeah. wanted to, we could look and see, like, this is what our budget should be for the like gas. Like, what we average for electricity and gas and the through the cold months and the like, summer months. We actually have that information now. We could be really spot on with our budget. I'm Seriously. excited about the information. I like information. It's power. It like puts you in the driver's seat. And then when you have that information, again, it's not like you have to stress over it every day, but you just kind of, it's kind of like that calm sense in the back of your, the back of your brain, because you kind of know how it's going to play out, right? It's like you've seen the whole movie. You, you know, where the plot twists and turns are and you don't have to freak out. So yeah, I just, thank you so much. I love that feedback. And, um, Everybody always has like one area where it's like, uh, you <laughs> know, we're just trying to avoid what I call the save and dip method. You know, we save, exactly. we dip in the savings. We save, we dip in the savings. Yes. We're trying to keep that consistent flow. So the money's flowing in the savings. Right. That number's going up. Yes. Everything for the most part is just kind part. of going along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, you guys are so much fun. If if you want to hear the full episode I recorded with Janae and Theo on their show, Planet Money Marriage, it is live and it is waiting for you. So guys, tell the listeners where they can go to check out your podcast and connect with you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter at Planet M Marriage. That's M as in marriage, Planet M Marriage, anywhere there's a social media and of course, on all platforms where podcasts are streamed at Planet Millennial Marriage. Who is with me to go hang out with them once this pandemic is over? (laughs) Seriously, these two episodes were so much fun. Head over to their show, Planet Millennial Marriage, on any podcast player and listen to my episode as well. And of course, all their other great marriage advice episodes. And if you don't have a sweetie this year, not to worry, there's no rush, but... Look, now you've got some great tips for when you do. So, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, anybody who listen, your cat, your dog. (laughs) Sharing these episodes are the best way to grow this podcast and continue to bring on awesome guests for you every single week. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go. We want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.